Welcome to Life Church 360 online. We are so excited to have an online church, and we want you to get fully involved in your church. You can be in a life group, you can serve online, and you can be fully a part of Life Church 360. And we exist to help all people build a life giving relationship with Jesus. That's why we're here. We do it in four ways it's the life model love God invest in others, faithfully serve, and encourage the world. Everything we do revolves around these four purposes, and we want to really help all people come to know Christ. We have an amazing event when you talk about encouraging the world coming up here at the end of October. You can get involved in it. It's called Trunk or Treat. You can bring kids from your neighborhood. You can come volunteer here. You can give candy for it. And we have a safe environment for kids to come on Halloween and get candy here at Life Church 360. So get involved in that. It's a great way to, to really tell our community that we love them. And that's what we're kind of talking about in this new series. The series we're doing right now is called The Floor is lava. And you might be going like, what does that mean? Well, there is an ever-increasing number of subject matters that inflame people so pungently that even the closest of friends and family members, like literally relationships are exploding in the volcanic activity of our emotions all the time. How many of you find yourself in the last 19 months in a conversation that became very heated, very opinionated, and very angry, and you did not intend to be in that conversation? And when you got into it, you wanted to get out of it, but you couldn't get out of it. Well, if you've experienced that, you've experienced the floor becoming lava. That's just a reality of where we're living right now. In the past week, let me give you an example of this. We received an email in the past week of a person who was looking for a new church. And they were looking for, I'm not going to tell you who they are. Uh, they were looking for a new church and they went on our website and they just were like reading about our church. And they sent us this email. Here's like a, an excerpt from it. Give you an example. I am hoping to find a church home and was viewing your website. I am gravely disappointed to know you are following the Washington State guidelines for COVID-19. I would like to find a church run by God and not the government. You are certainly not going to reach all of those who are not Christians who do not support the governance restrictions on God-given freedoms. I am sad to know this is happening in the churches. I pray you will pray and hear God speak concerning this issue. Even if you choose to follow the government restrictions, you should write what, are, what you are restricting according to what you have decided after praying not bringing the government into the church's reasoning. For we do not attend church to become closer to our government, but to grow closer to Jesus. Wow. I bet you're like going, well, what did you say back? Read what you said. I didn't say anything back. In fact, I have learned and I have the battle scars to prove the hard lessons. I have learned to not engage in this type of battle. Don't play. Don't take the bait. What do I mean by bait? Well, the accusation that we don't pray. In fact, it was said four different times, right? That we have not heard from God, that we are allowing God, the government to run our church. Here's the deal. I have learned a little trick that I learned from a mentor of mine, and I call it hold, just hold. And, and I remember there was this situation in church and I was a young pastor, and there was uh, some people in the church, and I had said something, and I didn't mean to inflame them, but I did, and it just blew up. 
and I took the bait, and this thing went like yada, yada, yada. And, and so I was talking to my mentor, like, how do I like, do this better? And he said, Matt, it's like when we go fly fishing. Now, if you've never been fly fishing before, when you fly fish, you actually fish with a fly that's actually tied around a hook, right? It's around a hook. And so the fly is tied with all this different colored yarn or string or whatever you do, and you make it look like the flies that live in the area where you're fishing. And what trout do is trout are very lazy, so they sit behind eddies and rocks, and, and they wait for food to just float to them, and then they eat it. And so when you fly fish, you, you put the fly out there if you're dry flushing, and you, and you put the fly upstream of the fish, and then it lands gently in the water, and it looks just like a delicious fly floating down the water or something that just hatched. And the trout's waiting, and it comes down, and the trout goes, and it's a hook, right? Fish on. And my boss says, Matt, don't take the bait. Hold. I'm giving you a tool right now. Hold, just hold. Why are so many of us getting baited into this volcanic eruption of lava and discord and strife in society right now? It's because there is a dormant volcano lying inside of all of us. And when that volcano gets stirred, we sometimes blow right up. Other times we can hold for a little while, but that person says something and then we say something because they jabbed us, we jab them, and then, and then they jab us and then we jab them and then they, you know, back and forth until we blow up. And now it's lava all over the place. Today I've entitled the message, Volcanic Activity, Managing Emotions Well. We would be very wise to recognize that if I can manage my emotions well, right? If you can manage your emotions well, it will help others have a safe environment where they can manage their emotions well. How many of you would like people to manage their emotions better around you? Well, who wouldn't, right? Like, so if I can manage mine well, then maybe others would have a safe place to manage theirs well. So why is there so much hostility? Because there's a dormant volcano living in all of us. Let me ask you a question. Do you know what triggers you? What are your trigger points that get, just really get you going? Because if you can begin to understand what triggers you and sets you off, you can maybe begin the emotional healing and growth process in your life to manage it better. That email that I read evokes emotion in me. I mean, come on. We prayed a lot about our decision. We read scripture a lot about our decisions that we've been making. We continue to pray. We meet as leaders and everyone's praying and everyone's talking through it. I mean, like, that thing really triggers me. And you may not be triggered by what I read. You might be like, well, that doesn't really affect me very much at all. 
I want to bring you into something that might trigger you. And, and I'm, I'm going to, right now, I just want to, I want to, I'm going to poke you, okay? So you're going to get a little bit of a poke here. I want to, I want to pre- prepare you for the aggravation, but I don't think you'll understand this message unless you have a little bit of aggravation happening inside of you. And I want to know, it's, I'm intentionally doing this so you can kind of recognize there might be something lying dormant inside of you. And I want to remind you before I do this that we are like, you know, it's, it's a public environment. If you're watching online, you have people probably around you and you know how to behave around other people. And the reality is we're all okay until we're not okay. So just prepared for not being okay. You might not be okay after I talk about this. And, and to prepare you even more, I'm going to read some scripture just to prepare your heart. Proverbs 10 says this, the words of the godly are a life-giving fountain. The words of the wicked conceal violent intentions. Hatred stirs up quarrels, but love makes up for all offenses. Wise words come from the lips of people with understanding, but those lacking sense will be beaten with a rod. Wise people treasure knowledge, but the babbling of a fool invites disaster. I personally want so badly to be known as a wise person. I want to be a life-giving fountain. I want to make up for offenses and I want to treasure knowledge. In light of those verses, in our good intentions, let's talk turkey. Since Thanksgiving's coming up, let's talk turkey. How about vax versus no vax? This is the biggest subject that's going on right now. It's a huge thing that's happening. I'm going to take side one and side two, and I'm not saying side one is the first one and it's first, and side two is second. I'm just saying we can call it side A, side B, just whatever, right? I'm just going to say, and these are generalities of each one of these stances. The people who are saying vax, get vaccinated, they want to get vaccinated for one personal safety, They don't want COVID. They don't want to get it. They've had it before. They don't want it again. They just, they literally, it's personal safety. They also believe that the spread of COVID could be dramatically slowed down if everyone got vaxxed or at least a lot of people. So they're really pro-vax because it's going to slow COVID down. They also believe the vaccination was designed by scientists who've known about COVID for a very long time. It's been tested and it's been developed properly. It's safe. It's been given to hundreds of millions of people all over the world. And there's very little bad side effects. So that would be the vaccination side. Okay. That would be, I'm pro-vax and that's what they think. Okay. The not pro-vax, people who do not want to get vaccinated, here would be what they would say. They do fear negative reaction. They would say, hey, I realize there hasn't been a lot of negative, like statistically, but there have been negative, and I don't want to be one of them. So I don't want to put that in my body because there have been some bad effects. They also don't get any other vaccinations. They're like going, I don't do vaccinations. I've read about what's in vaccinations and I don't want that in my body. So I don't want to get vaccinated because I don't do vaccination. They disapprove of what's in vaccinations. So they're like, hey, listen, I've heard different stuff about, I've seen and I know and and I don't want that in my body. I'm against that. 
they fear what might happen to their children if their children are vaccinated and other children get vaccinated because that really hasn't been as big of a thing. Like, so they're not ready for that. They also don't think that it's constitutional, nor is it right for the government to tell a person that they must inject something into their body or else they're going to lose their job. Okay, let's stop right here. All right, I, I, I got tension, right? I want to first say, I affirm both of these arguments. I get it. I understand both of them. And yet, I have chosen one for myself, as have you. You have chosen, right? Here's the deal. Can I be comfortable and be friends with somebody who's chosen something different than I've chosen? Can I agree that both sides have very good points? And I realize that you could go count, pointer, point, counterpoint, counterpoint, point, all. I mean, you could do it all day long to argue until you're blue in the face and the reality is you'll still stand where you stand at the end of the day and they'll stand where they stand at the end of the day and that's where they're gonna stand. Can you still be friends and respect others who may do it differently? Are you beginning to get riled up? Does this kind of stir it? It's, it's easy to get triggered, isn't it? The COVID stress that we've been under has been nonstop for over 19 months and counting. It is still counting. On top of the COVID stress, we've had a very volatile election, like just off the charts, red against blue, <laughs> racial riots, segregation, seclusion, uh, literally just people being all left alone. Many people have serious financial stress. And you put all that and you say, now here's your personal life. And in our personal life, sometimes we go through some really hard stuff. You can see why people, like the volcano's just rumbling and it just bursts out. Why? Stress. I asked what causes your trigger? What, what makes you blow? And it'd be so easy to blame other people. Well, they make me. You make me so mad. You, you know, it's them. And it's, here's the deal. You could blame others. But the Bible would disagree with you. James chapter four, I read this last week. What causes fights and quarrels among you? Don't they come from your desires that battle within you? Fights and quarrels are not happening because you're making me mad. Fights and quarrels are happening because I have stuff going on inside of me. There's stuff, the tension is in here. It's with me. I'm not getting what I want. The fact is, fights and quarrels come from our desires, not others disagreeing with us. Our volcano stirs, then there stirs, back and forth we blow, right? It just blows up. 1 Peter 3 says, For the scriptures say, if you want to enjoy life and see many happy days. Want to enjoy life and see many happy days? Here's how you do it. Keep your tongue from speaking evil and your lips from telling lies. Turn away from evil and do good. Look at this. Search for peace and work to maintain it. The eyes of the Lord watch over those who do right, and his ears are open to the prayers, to their prayers. But the Lord turns his face against those who do evil. Search for peace and work to maintain it. It's not automatic. 
The search for peace goes far deeper than outward stimuli. So many people, they make the mistake of thinking their peace comes from the outside. Here's the deal, guys. There are far too many outer irritations for your peace to come from the outside. To simply blame others for our lack of peace and our lack of self-control will hold us captive to the surface of our humanity. If we really want to grow, we must dig deeper and search for peace. Now, in this search, God will help you dig deep if you will allow him. Jeremiah says this in Jeremiah 17. This is what the Lord says. Cursed are those who put their trust in mere humans, who rely on human strength and turn their hearts away from the Lord. They're like stunted shrubs in the desert with no hope for the future. They will live in the barren wilderness in an uninhabited salty land. Blessed are those who trust in the Lord and have made the Lord their hope and confidence. Not the government. Not someone telling them what they have to do. In the Lord. Verse 8, they are like trees planted along a riverbank with roots that reach deep into the water. Such trees are not bothered by the heat or worried by long months of drought. Their leaves stay green and they never stop producing fruit. The human heart, look at this, the human heart, is the most deceitful of all things and desperately wicked. Who really knows how bad it is? But I, the Lord, search all hearts and examine secret motives. I give all people their due rewards according to what their actions deserve. Our hearts can easily deceive us. What we think is right, what we think everyone else should do, it can deceive us. Us, we can spend our entire lives investing all of our energy into human understanding, all of our energy trying to get others to do what we think is right so that we can be happy. We can spend our entire lives living for the external and totally miss the blessings and peace of God. Or we can put our trust in the Lord who sees our heart who knows our heart, who understands our heart, and can heal our heart. Jesus' disciples, they were facing the imminent capture of Jesus. He was going to be crucified, and, and, and he was going to die. They knew that they could suffer the exact same fate, and Jesus says these words to them in John 14. But when the Father sends the Advocate as my representative, that is the Holy Spirit, he will teach you everything and will remind you of everything I've told you. I'm leaving you with the gift. Look at the gift Jesus says I'm going to give you. Peace of mind and heart. And the peace I give is a gift the world cannot give. So don't be troubled or afraid. I'm leaving you with the gift. The gift is peace of mind and heart. And this is not something you can get from this world. Nothing on the external is going to give you the peace of mind and heart. He says the Holy Spirit is our advocate. What does the advocate do for somebody? Any advocate. They fight on your behalf. The Holy Spirit will teach us and remind us of everything that Jesus taught us. He will teach us about the Father. He will even teach us about ourselves if we will let him. King David, 
he wrote Psalm 139. Psalm 139 begins with, God, you know my heart. You know my mind. You know my thoughts. You know when I get up. You know when I go to sleep. You know where I go. You know what I'm going to do. You know what I'm going to say. You know everything about me. And then he ends Psalm 139. This is verses 23 and 24, last two verses. He says, search me, O God, and know my heart. Well, he already said he knows his heart, but look what he says then. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. Point out anything in me that offends you and lead me along the path of everlasting. Why would David, after saying you already know all this, say then, test me, search me, point out. He's saying, God, you know me better than I know me. Just like Jeremiah said, my heart's deceitful, right? It's wicked. Just like Jesus said, I'm giving you a peace. It doesn't come from out here. It comes from in here. And so David says, search me, let me in on me. Help me know me because I don't even know me very well. Can I ask you another question? What would God find if he searched your heart? I want you to first know he would know all the goodness that's in your heart because I know that you have goodness in your heart. He would also see all the great intentions and dreams and aspirations you have and it would bring him joy. He would also see the wickedness and the deceit because it's in all of us. He'll see every part of it. I believe one of the biggest things that God would see in any or many of the hearts of today, if you just went all over our country, all over the world, would be F-E-A-R. Fear is the molten lava that's bursting to the surface of that dormant volcano deep inside of us. And our fears, guys, come from all kinds of experiences as well as losing something that's near and dear to our hearts. COVID pulls at the deepest fears that we have. Getting sick. People don't want to get sick. Seeing our kids, our parents, our grandparents get sick. Seeing friends or loved ones die, even dying yourself. Being alone is extremely scary. Losing things that we have worked so hard to gain is scary. Having our hearts broken is scary. What do you do when you're afraid? We need to know there's really two things that people do. The first thing you need to know about when you're afraid, and science has proven this, when you're afraid, your brain starts to produce all kinds of different chemicals, and it sends these chemicals down to your adrenal glands that are right about here inside of you, and your body, it produces adrenaline, and all your mind does, and all your brain does is focus on one thing, the one thing you're afraid of. It's not focused on anything else. It doesn't reason with anything else. It only thinks about what you're afraid of, and it's designed that way, so like if a car is going to hit you, you jump out of the way. You don't think of anything else, just jump out of the way of the car, right? Well, when you're afraid, something like COVID, or wearing a mask, or a vax, or whatever, you focus on just that fear. That's a fact of being afraid. And you could say things that are irrational. You could do things that are irrational. There's fight or flight that happens. The second part of fear is you choose an action. You choose what you're going to do. And I've got to admit that I have handled some situations very, very well. And I've handled other situations where I've blown my top. How can we filter our lives in an effort to search for peace 
and guard our emotions so that we can be healthier and create a safe place for others. First, recognize when you're getting triggered. Recognize it. Like you feel it. You sense it. The trigger is getting pulled in you. Your body will always keep the score. There's actually a book called Your Body Keeps the Score. And what's really interesting is your body will often do the same thing when you're stressed. Some people, their heart just races, just this is heart just going crazy, right? Other people, their palms get sweaty. Some people just get hot all over. Some people, they just want to eat everything in sight. Some people can't eat anything at all. Some people just feel like they're going to throw up. Other people, they've got pain in their chest, insomnia. They can't sleep at all. All they want to do is sleep. I mean, there's all kinds of things. Your body, you will know you are being stressed. Your body's telling you something recognize that and say, I'm not in the best state of mind to react. Not in the best state to react. So second, if that's happening, hold. All right, remember, hold. Just, just hold, right? Just don't get so wrapped up in it. Take an emotional step back. If you're like the throttle kind of person, let off the gas. Don't accelerate, slow it down. Just slow it down. Third, filter out the garbage. Next week, we're gonna talk about seismic activity. Discerning what's real and what's not. Because some things are scaring us that don't need to be scaring us. It's just propaganda. Today, I want to invite you on the most gut-wrenching, most difficult, possibly the greatest struggle you will ever face. But at the same time, I promise you this, it will be the most rewarding and worthwhile journey you can ever take. I've been doing this for the last 15 years. I've asked God to search my heart. Would you be willing to join King David, who was known as a man after God's own heart, after all of his sins and failure, man after God's own heart, would you be willing to say, God, search me. God, point out anything in me that offends you. God, test me. I don't even know me, so God, would you teach me? I promise you, if you'll do this, it won't be all at one time. He won't overflood you with a whole bunch of bad. He'll give it to you as you can handle it, but he will grow you up and mature you emotionally, mentally, spiritually, so that you can work and be okay in the midst of chaos. He'll teach you how to search for peace and work to maintain it. Proverbs 4.23 says, guard your heart above all else for it determines the course of your life. I want to invite you to pray with me. Father, would you please search our hearts? If this message touches your heart, you can ask him right now, God, would you please search my heart? And God, would you point out anything in us that offends you? Would you test us? Would you grow us? Would you let us in 
on the greatest secret there is, and that is what's really inside this thing. Hey, God, would you lead me and guide me? I give you my life in Jesus' name. Amen. And we love you guys. Have a great week. God bless.